1: Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic?
0: Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And Welcome back, everyone. Here we are, another week, another time, another listening moment. And we appreciate you so much tuning in to The Intentional Spirit. And I I say it every week and I... I hear it within my own heart and I need that reminder myself that there's a, there's a big difference between people who have goals or have their little checklists versus, you know, intentional spirits because we keep moving forward. We keep going towards change even when we're not sure even what we're headed towards. We keep movement and inertia going. And, um, I, I'm thrilled today. More often than not, I, I get the good pleasure of getting to know people uh, for the first time on this show uh, because, you know, we are, as a soul, we're not first timers with anybody, but as show host and radio guest, we often are connecting for the first time and it's always a pleasure. But where my heart sings is when I have the pleasure to sit and hold sacred pl- spaces with you know, someone that I love, that I've watched through the years, that I admire, uh, that's a trailblazer, um, and none other than the very own, you know, Mark Anthony Lord. I mean, just his name makes you want to say, I need to sit down and take notes. This is somebody significant. This is Mark Anthony Lord. Hi, brother. Thank you for being here today.
1: Oh, my gosh, Temple. I'm so happy to be with you. Really, it's a Mutual admiration party.
0: It's just always a pleasure. And, um, you know, I I, I, don't, I don't know if, if we were in the same line when we were reincarnating <laughs> this round. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I went to the same line like you did or if I even before I was born, if I was already type A you know, and bought the, you know, quick ticket line, or I'm not really sure, but I just know that you and I have the same kind of download that says, don't get dust under your feet, Um, get used (laughs) up all the way while you're alive, um, because it's it's so fun watching you, because I never know what you're going to be up to, and I love that, that is such an inspiration to me, um, to watch you fly.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, every, every, everything has a, a a shadow to it. And so, you know, the shadow to that is I too sometimes don't know where I'm going and I find myself going, Oh man, you know, why did I try that? But then again, it's like, I'd rather try a hundred things and, you know, not succeed quote unquote at most of them than not do anything. So I'm just that guy that's willing to, step out there and, and go for it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm, I'm, I'm always the better for it.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, um, many of us that have been involved in any kind of community and it can be spiritual community. It can be a gathering of people. It can be zoom community, you know, whatever it looks like. I I know that, um, I feel the same way. There are, there are some people that never really fully commit to anything and stay with it long enough for it to become something. But then there's Mm -hmm. also the circumstance that where if you are a committed kind of person like yourself, or certainly like I am and I can just speak stronger about me because I I live with me all the time. (laughs) uh, I don't live with you (laughs) yet. Probably won't in this time around (laughs) for lots of reasons. Right. Maybe next like that. Boy, I'm just on a roll today. Anyway, That being said, that being said, I learned really on from uh, Robert Shuler's people is um, and Jack Bolin, you have to admit fast failures. You just have to admit Mm -hmm. them and move on.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. And, you know, like I've, I've never, you know, when I say past failures, you know, I'm like I try things and. If they don't work, then I try something new. You know, I'm not out hurting people, and it's my life, and, you know, I don't have any kids to drag around. So, you know, I have this freedom. I have this Mm -hmm. freedom, this lifetime to explore and to create and to discover. And I feel very blessed that I have that, that freedom. I believe we all have, you know, inherently we're all free. And simultaneously, I know, you know, life circumstances, and you know, make other people's experiences different. But I, I really have been given the gift of freedom this lifetime to, to just create and play and see what happens. And it's a fun way to do life.
0: Well, and I, I sense you know years ago I I used to move like all the time, and 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 my friends would say, oh gosh, would you ever just be still because. I have to keep buying new address books because I'm wearing out the H page. You know, (laughs) I'm wearing that H page out, you know, back then. For those of you that are tuning in that are of another generation, we're happy for you that you don't know what we're talking about. But we used to actually write things (laughs) down on paper. But, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the H page. But what I realized as I healed, uh, you know, my woundology is I didn't take it anymore like I was. I received it different, and I realized that they just wanted to have that kind of life, but they didn't know how, you know? Um, and so I, I, I turned it into a uh, a compliment, but I, I think it's great to just, you know, allow spirit to guide you in different directions. So what are you up to these days? Because you are always emerging into something new.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am um well, I just recently left a job down in Florida. Uh I was the uh minister at Unity uh in Naples for almost 3 years and um completed that at the end of April and then moved up to Michigan, uh west side of Michigan, outside of Chicago which is where my family's from, where my husband Patrick's family's from, and we own a house up here. So we just moved up here to, to get reconnected to family. You know, with the changing times and with everything that's happening in the world, I think a lot of people are are kind of being, I know we're being called home to help with our parents, to take care of them, and to be around family. And, uh, you know, I, when I was 18, I just hit the road, you know, went to college and never looked back. So it's very interesting that life has brought me to this full circle of coming back here, which is something, by the way, I said I would never do. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's always that, you know, when, when you say, I'm never going to go back to Michigan and live there. Well, here I am, and the glory of it is I feel so grateful. We have a beautiful home, um, and we're really here to to serve. Um, our parents, and um, that feels very, very fulfilling. Um, so, so that's in my kind of personal life. On the work front, I'm really slowing down a bit. It's really time for me to go within. There is a third book that I'm working on, um, and that's going to take some time to really uh, cultivate and and grow in relationship with. Um, you know, you know what it's like to write a book. It's it. Some of them can come out quickly because the information's all there. This one is really kind of a research project, and um, so really taking some time with that um, and pulling out my last book to do some talks on it and and get that rolling again because I'm in love with that one, too. So those are my little babies. They
0: absolutely are. They're they're your children. So um, tell our listeners that you have two other books, and let's talk about either both of them or or the one that you know you're kind of really passionate about in the moment that is you're working with some of the ideas again. Um, let's let them know that that side of you. And for everybody, you can go to uh, Mark's website. It's MarkAnthonyLord.me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. Would so love so Mark, to come, come check what, that. What,
0: go ahead. I, I love the book about the not suffering. And I, I think that at that particular time, when you were working on that book, unbeknownst to us at the time, we were actually both working with the same healer. That was really cool.
1: Yes, that was you. You introduced me to that healer, correct? I think it was you. Yeah.
0: No, um, unless I had done it years previously and forgotten about it. No, um, because now that I've you know been in sobriety so long, I actually remember things. <laughs> <laughs> what I remember is that this person that was the healer for me kept referring to another dynamic, a spiritual leader that was working on this book oh. about suffering but would not reveal your name to me for the longest time.
1: Oh, got it, got it. Yeah. yeah yes, um, that's, that's funny. Yeah, the book, um, and I think it's really, uh, what I love about it is that in our current times, the book it feels relevant um, even the title thou shalt not suffer you know the idea is that um, you know pain is a part of being here in the world that happens to the, to the body that happens to the emotions um, that you know pain is an experience but suffering is a choice and meaning that my definition of suffering is any pain uh, or, or, or any unexpressed emotion that extends past its expiration date. That's when it becomes suffering. Meaning, if something happens in your world and it calls for sadness, that's a natural response. If it calls for some movement of of um, anger in a positive way, of upset or whatever feeling that may rise up, um, you know, along the negative pers- uh, spectrum, if you will, um, you know, there's a natural reaction that occurs within us. It rises. And then it falls and it dissipates. But when we don't process our films, when we don't allow them, when because of our training and our conditioning, we stunt all of our emotional parts, um, then we move into the suffering stage, which is really where it becomes unnecessary to keep recycling them on one level. And yet we're so brilliant, that, you know, we're such brilliant creations that we will recycle them until they're fully expressed i always use the example of like um watch a two and a half year old toddler have a tantrum they throw themselves on the floor they fully express from fingers to toes everything is filled with their with their tantrum and then it moves through their body and they're complete and they get up and they you know you hug them you take them you you take care of them give them a nap whatever um but they fully process that whatever was there because that's how we're wired as we become adults we learn to stunt that and to block that and to hide that and that's when we get all kind of blocked up and that's where suffering um begins to occur for us so the book kind of introduces this idea of suffering and then gives you seven steps ways that you can uh move out of suffering into joy
0: I love that. Can you can you tap into some of the steps? I mean, obviously we don't want you to give away the whole book, but can you can you walk <laughs> us through some some journey of that because it's um like your book is how long has it been out? 5 or 6 years?
1: Yeah, about 5 years.
0: Uh-huh. And 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 yeah. it it's re it's coming back around as a you know, is something that's so appropriate now. I love, I love that. The same things happening to my book. When did you die? I mean, when I wrote that, you know, the title, people couldn't get past the title, but it's about energy. And so it's, it's like, it's a brand new book now. It's really funny. It's like people are discovering it and reading it. And, you know, because it's, um, it's, it's time. So, um, what, what, what do you think it is that, we just resist. Um, it's like we will go to great lengths, you know, as humanity to not do the work when we don't understand, we carry the work around the undone work with us, like luggage uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. What in your, in your studies and in your practices and obviously working with humanity, including you, what, what do you think about that? Is it the payoff of, victim? I mean, do we really not get that that's not what we're here for? Or what's your thoughts about that?
1: You know, I think the bigger, what's coming to me now that feels relevant is that, and this is why the work we do is so important, I believe, is that people, we weren't raised and taught how to uh, fully express ourselves in ways that are productive. We weren't raised to bring our spirituality and our sexuality and our emotional self all of those parts together in alignment with the divine we were taught i was taught to slice and dice them and this one is holy and that one's not and so the environment i was raised in was very unsafe um emotionally not unsafe physically for me but it was unsafe emotionally and i didn't have adults in my world that knew how to not suffer so I learned this so sort of all learned behavior and then we go out into life in our work environments in our French circles and and all the no one knows really how to have a, a higher conversation how to speak from the eye in a way that is transformational and honest so all of these things that we teach at our spiritual communities aren't ways of the world so when people start to wake up and go I wanna there's more I want to end this suffering. I want want something different. I believe there's more. They tend to find their way to a unity church or to a spiritual community, a place where they can start to learn the new ways of being, and it's learned behavior. How do I live in a way that is authentic so that I experience less suffering? I've got to actually practice that because no one taught me it. So I give a lot of us, I give all of us, a lot of um, uh, patience and a lot of compassion on our journey of discovering how to do that. We've really got to realize the generations before us did not do this for the most part. So we're pioneers. I believe we are pioneers out in the emotional plane and out in the plane of integration where our spirit and our being comes into alignment. We're, we're some of the first generations doing it, don't you think?
0: I love that. I I, I haven't framed it that way. And I'm enjoying that you are. Um, and <laughs> I in having an epiphany about that. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, when I was into therapy, which would go on obviously for for many years, um, and I'm actually proud of that. It doesn't feel like an inconvenience, but and and group therapy and you know self-reflected courses and all those kind of things. And I learned the language early on, almost like the S language and the landmark language and the course in miracle language and you know all those things that you and I are extremely familiar with in one way or another, but. But I, um, you know, I would then look back to my parents and I would go, but they had a choice. They had a choice. And my mother living with that abusive man. Well, she had a choice, you know, and I mean, totally in the head. Right. But I Mm -hmm. one day I got. She didn't have a choice because she didn't know she did. She didn't know she did. I knew from my generation, like you're saying, we are the trailblazers. I got it. I did have a choice. She didn't know she did, and therefore she didn't, you know, <laughs> because um, that was a big old scary world for all of them that never articulated the what was going on behind closed doors back then. Not at
1: all. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so glad you're saying that because I, I it is true at the deepest level of spirit that we are given the gift of choice. But when people are in patterns and they're fully consumed by the pattern, and like you said, they don't know there's a choice, then actually the choice is there as potential, but it's not there until it becomes known. And I know in my time of recovery, you know, I didn't have choice until the day, Something woke up in me, and I realized I could be doing different things than what I was doing. But the week before that, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. It deserves
0: a lot of compassion. It's so fascinating. And, of course, it was years later, try 20, I think, that my brother is telling me that mom did leave my dad on more than one occasion. But he would hold a gun to his head, and she would go back. See, I didn't know that.
1: Right. Nobody wanted me to know how bad
0: it was, you know? Yeah. I didn't know know that. I mean, what if I had held on to that resentment of her all those years when she had attempted to do better? You know, that's why I say if you're over 30, just please stop blaming your parents, you know, for where you are in your life because when you give space to that often you can find a new reality of what was really the truth rather than the truth through your own window so yeah i love what what you're teaching um and i love the space yeah. of that
1: for sure i do too i i do want to add a, add something to that because i do believe a lot of the suffering does come from continuing to blame the parents you know into the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, you know, mean, people can really ride that train for a long time. But I was in um, India at an ashram and the guru was teaching one day and someone asked about because this woman was very, you know, she wasn't talking to her parents and all the drama and she was sharing all that. And the guru said to her, your parents had one job and that was to get you here. Then their job was done. The rest is your karma. The rest is your life. The rest is all for you to awaken and to grow. And I love that idea because we could all set our parents free if we said, well, they got us here. (laughs) So their job (laughs) is done. The The rest was ours. I really like that. I love that.
0: That is very powerful very powerful. It,
1: yeah, it is and it makes all of us have to just take care of ourselves and move on, which is the gift. That's really what the gift of it is.
0: Mhm. Well, how did how did it come to you to start living in this world of you know, compassion. I mean, in it pat compassion is it's such an interesting word and likened to so many words that it becomes that people are using it loosely, but the, the real depth of compassion, the ICU, the Ubuntu, uh, that mm-hmm. space, how, how did you, how did you venture out in, into that? I mean, we have, you know, a couple or so minutes before we go to break, but I really want to elaborate because I think that that word is used a lot. I, not in your case but I mean in general terms. But to yeah. you, how does how does one discover such a place that it's it really is with meaning?
1: Well, for me, and if this would be, I'll kind of point to my book, Thou Shalt Not Suffer, one of the steps is forgiveness. And we all talk about forgiveness. That's another word that people use but don't understand. And I was 24 years old. And I basically was, like, lying on the floor in a treatment center. Um, woke up in the treatment center, by the way. It was like, where the hell am I? And, um, like, wanted to leave immediately. They showed me the front door. It was northern Canada in January. And they're like, go ahead. The city's about an hour away driving. Good luck. And so I had to stay. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, the, the count, my counselor there said to me, I literally was laying on her floor in her office because I just couldn't even sit in a chair. And um, I just felt too sick. And she said to me, if you want to live, you've got to forgive. And I didn't know what she meant. But that one sentence burned into my heart, and I spent the next 10, 15, 20 years of my life practicing it, researching it, discovering that it's so misunderstood and people don't know what it is or how to do it. Like there's so much I learned that I will tell you that is the spiritual practice that has set me free and helped me to see into other people's worlds in a way that does allow me to feel compassion.
0: Mm. Yeah, I really, I really feel that in in my heart, you know, um, one of my, um, you know, all of us as, as teachers, um, have always found joy when you know I had a woman that was going into her nineties that you know wore blue jeans and wouldn't miss any of my classes. <laughs> you know, like you know, that just gives you the greatest smile. And and that she would put the time in. You know, and she acted like you know she was living another you know fifty years. And I'm sure she did in in the next life journey. And, and many times over, she's probably teaching on the other side, but. But she's I loved. Mm. she always said, you know, if they knew better, they would have done better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that was such a
0: sweet, sweet, precious, you know, statement to say. And um, and she would have magical things happen to her. Um, She Mm. had in Lake Worth, Florida, um, a really nice car stolen out of her driveway. Okay, And she called me about it. And she said, just pray for those people that took it. If they had known better, they would have done better. And she said, (laughs) "Um, I'm going to get it back. Well, hello, you know, in West Palm, you know what I mean? Lake Worth, you're going to get it back. (laughs) Honey, that thing's on a boat headed somewhere, you know. Oh, no, I'm going to get it back. And it's not going to have a scratch on it. And absolute truth for her. Absolute truth. Mm. They had parked it somewhere. Mm. Not a scratch on it. If they had known better, they would have done better. And um, there's so much power in that that I think it's over and beyond what people realize of how, you know, this energy that is in a stuck place gets in the way of, of our magic. We're talking today to Mark Anthony Lord. He is an author of two books, now working on a third he has been a, a leader noted in new thought and unity and centers for spiritual living communities for many years. He was the founder of, of the Bodhi Center in Chicago. And he's all that and um, and certainly a messenger for for many people. I urge you to go and experience us at FirstUnity.org. You'll also see that Mark is going to be our influencer for June. Yay! And um, look at us, uh, firstunity.org, and um, visit me at templehays.com. We'll be right back after this short break.
1: Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes.
0: there you're getting a couple of reverends today, energetically speaking. You're getting me and you're getting Mark Anthony Lord. You can go to his website, markanthonylord.me and stay in touch with him. And Mark, tell us other ways we can stay connected with you.
1: Sure. My Instagram is easy. It's at markanthonylord. And same with YouTube. I've got my talks and things posted there. That also is just under Mark Anthony Lord. Simple.
0: Awesome. We love simple.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. For sure.
0: Well, speaking of simple, um, continue to share with us your great work with us.
1: Yeah. I as we, you know, as we're ending the last segment, um, you know, we brought up the idea of forgiveness, and I had mentioned that, you know, this has really been I, and it really is the most transformational thing of my life. I mean, it really, um, forgiveness is so misunderstood. So many people, I'm trying to do it, or people say, I thought you forgave that. And, you know, there's just all this um, pain and suffering, truth be told, around this thing called forgiveness, because people don't understand a couple key things about it. So I'd love to share about that. Um, And starting with the idea that we do not do forgiveness, Uh, forgiveness is something that is done unto us i call it a mystical practice that we have to open up to and invite um, to be done inside of us it's like the idea that einstein said you can't solve the problem at the level of the problem so the part of me that believes i was hurt harmed injured victimized that part is not able to do the forgiveness because I believe there's a problem here. And this is where many people try to activate forgiveness or give it their best shot. Um, I use the analogy of, you know, if you're walking down the street and you fall down a 30-foot hole and, you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, i got to get out of this hole, you're not going to beat yourself up for not being able to jump 30 feet back up onto the mainland. No one is going, you know, no one can do that. And because you know you're not capable of jumping 30 feet, you call out for help. You yell out for help and as people walking by hear you, they find you and they help you. They drop a rope, they drop a ladder and they help you get out of that hole. That to me is the perfect analogy for forgiveness. When you're in an experience where you are judging someone, blaming someone, a circumstance occurred that keeps haunting you from the past, that's a call for forgiveness. You're stuck in a hole and you cannot get yourself out of that hole. So the first thing about forgiveness that I've learned on my journey, by the way, there are ways, different ways to forgive. I'm just sharing my way that I have found that works and what I teach. And the first thing we do is we ask. We simply ask. I ask that forgiveness set me free. Now, if there's someone else involved in the the experience, I ask that forgiveness set me and this other person free. Already, I am no longer responsible for doing it, but I am the one that is responsible for calling upon it, for asking. You know, the Bible says, ask and it is given. And I believe that is law. So when you ask for something true, when you ask for something that is good and holy, it is immediately given. And I believe that forgiveness is definitely good and holy. So I ask that forgiveness set me free is the activation of forgiveness. Now, the second step, there's only three steps to my process, by the way. The second step is to refrain from repeating the story. Because every time you let the mind go down the rabbit hole of of you know, getting back in that old story of victimhood and blaming and getting all upset again every time you do that you reopen the wound and you've got to kind of start over not exactly but it's a good way to think about it that every time I scrape the scab off of this healing too soon it needs more healing so we must we must do our spiritual work we can't be wild undisciplined dogs in the yard just running crazy we've got to keep ourselves committed I'm asking that this be forgiven that's medicine And so while I'm taking the medicine, I've got to refrain from causing more harm. And the way that I refrain is to the best of my ability, not repeat the story. Definitely don't speak about it. Don't hang out with those friends where you, you know, commiserate and land in the mud pit together. Um, Really keep yourself clean around speaking of it. Now, thinking about it is harder because, you know, thoughts are fast. And it's it's habitual. So if the thought of the person or the blaming yourself, the story, if it comes into your mind, don't feel bad about it. Flip it over. Go, oh, this is a call for more forgiveness. Every time the story comes to my head, I go, oh, this is like forgiveness saying, hey, we need another dose. So what do I do? I go back to step one. I ask that forgiveness set me free. And I'll repeat that like a mantra. Sometimes I need to say it for five minutes to just get the mind conditioned to open and shift and release the story. Because all that's happening in unforgiveness is I'm stuck in a past story, a past experience that is not complete in me. Forgiveness is that which brings it to completion and brings me back to a state of grace and a state of love. And forgiveness is not a one-time deal. Forgiveness, when people say, how often do I forgive? Until it is done unto you. Until that person, that experience can walk through your mind and you have no triggers and you really feel a genuine, that is my brother in Christ. That is my sister in the divine. When you know not them by their humanness, but you know them by their holiness, this is how you know forgiveness is done. And I don't settle for less than that, because that is our call. Our call, and when we say yes to a spiritual path, is to the high and the holy. And that is in me, and that is in everyone. And if I'm not seeing that, there's something to be forgiven. Excuse me. There's something to be released. So that is my practice. And I do that. Every time a judgment comes to mind, it's a real easy go to for me up, I'm feeling off center, I've got a judgment here. This is my call to activate forgiveness. Um, And if I don't do it throughout the day, you know, because I can get sloppy in my thinking, like all of us. But at the end of the day, when I'm just going to bed, I take that moment. And I close my eyes. I'm like what must be forgiven? What did I say? What did I think about? That that you know is repeating some old story or some old habit and pattern. And I move into my forgiveness practice. And I will tell you, my mind has been cleared. My relationships are so much healthier. Um, it's so amazing. And I have a. I now live in a non-negotiable. Commitment to forgive everyone like that's non negotiable for me if someone's mad at me if I did something stupid if some you know I'm a minister so I got lots of people sometimes throwing daggers you know it's fine that's that's the walk um, no matter what's happening my call is to practice forgiveness because it doesn't matter what someone else is thinking about me unless I make it matter and if I make it matter That means I've got forgiveness work to do (laughs) so everything for me leads back to how can I become free and that is one of the key practices in my life and I do want to share a quick story if I may because it's a miracle it's an absolute miracle I was sexually abused as a child uh, and and, at age six and very very haunting and a large part of why I was became an addict in my teens and in my early 20s, and um, was really in a self-destructive mode. And when it came time after being in the treatment center and and getting sobriety, the story started to come up for healing, and I had great therapists. I had great people helping me, but it was a spiritual practitioner who returned me to the practice of forgiveness that I learned about in treatment. And she said a forgiveness prayer for me that, was so beautiful because the images and the story of what occurred would haunt me and scare me and traumatize me. And she really just spoke forgiveness and I did this three-day experience of just staying in forgiveness. At the end of the three days, I had a miracle where the story came to my mind again and I closed my eyes and the tears started coming down my eyes, I'm like, oh God, please, get this out of me and in that moment I tell you I was lifted out of the story and I felt like God took me and pulled me back and said see this how I see this and then I was looking at the story and all it was was light on light on light it was just light dancing with light and God said to me that's all that's ever happening is light dancing with light and it was like the whole story was put into a ball It was just thrown out into the universe. It was like, this will no longer haunt you. And to this day, I have been fully relieved from that story in my body and in my whole being. And it's like, did it happen? And on the spiritual level, no, it didn't happen. In the world of form, did it happen? I can't argue with that. But what I can tell you is I sit in freedom and compassion for the person who did it and for the whole experience because I know the truth that in back of everything is God. And I was shown that. I was shown that through the practice of forgiveness. So that's my forgiveness story.
0: (laughs) Wow, that is so powerful. I just, I really, really, I really love that. Um, You know, likened to what you were sharing, I think that's been one of my greatest discoveries in my life is, is that used to years ago, you know, when something would come up again, I would go, yeah. you know, I thought I've done this. I thought I'd work through that. Why am I here again? You know, all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and I finally got that, that I'm yeah. not the me now that I was then. It's a whole different experience and it's, it, it's very welcomed on my part. And it, it's like you're saying, it, it, it offered then. Such a great, immense level of healing that I'd never tapped into before, you know,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um it was the judgment about the judgment about the former judgment that was in my way
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do, I do, and I think a lot of people again i i, I there's so much suffering in the world because people don't know how to get out of those judgments those judgments and those judgments and i again i forgiveness is such a a powerful way to um to do that it really works
0: mm. i i love that well you you've been parted uh, so much uh wisdom so d- don't stop now keep taking us on this <laughs> the wisdom train <laughs> <laughs>
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, I do want to talk more about this because it is my book is Thou Shalt Not Suffer. Um, uh, You know, by the way, I was going to call it um, Thou Shalt Not Suffer, The New Commandment. And my publisher said to me, he's the one who said, you know, make it seven steps to a life of joy. He said, who are you to write the New Commandment? And I wish I would have said, I'm Mark Anthony Lord, and so I'm going to write the New Commandment. (laughs) But I didn't. But I still think it's a New Commandment. our time because when we like we've been talking about um, you really can live a life of at least at much less suffering is available to you I believe ultimately we can move through the world and we have master teachers that have shown this and Jesus being one of the greatest I believe he moved through the world so pure and so connected to his knowing of the divine that when things came his way, including the crucifixion himself, he walked through it without attacking back. He walked through it saying, you actually can't kill me because I'm one with God. I'm eternal life. He knew his divinity so fully that the ways of the world did not could not ultimately harm him. And I believe that that is really what we're all seeking. How do we Be here in a way that is more joyous and less in the suffering because the ways of the world are just on repeat. Like that's just the karmic wheel that humanity's on where there's yet another, you know, stock market crash, another political war, another this and that. Like that's just, when you look at the world, you go, you know, there's nothing new happening out there. It's in this recycling pain body. I'm the one that needs to step off of it. I'm the one that can change. And so another important step that I will talk about in these seven steps to joy is this one that is called generously receive. And I believe that this too is something that when people really learn how to do this – And I mean generously receive, like open those arms up into the sky and really look up into the sky and imagine love and grace and sustenance and support pouring upon you. And imagine it opening up all the blockades that we have in us that keep pushing our good away. Um, I think this is another key to freedom because this universe is created to give you everything you need and to fulfill your desires. And I believe that's true. I believe that is law. Therefore, the only thing that's causing this not to occur is me, some block, some belief. You know, that's what we teach. That's why unity is so brilliant, because it teaches the metaphysics of spirituality in a way that empowers us. Um, and generously receiving was, again, just like forgiveness, something that I wasn't taught as a kid. And so I had to condition myself to really, really let myself be loved, let myself be supported, let myself be cared for. And and the way to practice that is so simple. I had to let people open the door for me. I had to let people buy me lunch. And I had to say thank you and not say, thank you, I'll get the next one. Maybe I'll get the next one. Maybe I won't. But whenever I would say thank you oh you know oh i owe you or thank you oh no you shouldn't do that you know oh i don't need that all of that pushing away those are little ways that seem minimal but what we're really saying to the universe is i'm not open to receive so it's very vulnerable to move through the world going yes universe give me gifts send me all these good things give me signs show me direction give me all the love and the support and and insight and, and goodies and whatever, like just open to receive and let those walls of resistance come down. And it's very powerful. You'll bump up against all the ways you were trained to play small and to resist. And I'll share one more story on this one real quickly. I bet we've got to wrap up, but... I used no no no. I we have time.
0: We have like another eight minutes or so. So keep oh, okay. keep on keeping well, on, Trailblazer. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so one of the examples I use in this one is um, I was just five years old, and I come from a family of five kids. Um, so you know that's that's a household, and you barely get you know any attention on your own with with that kind of a household. Um, but I was at Kmart way back when. Again, people who don't know what Kmart is. Um, well, you know, it's like a target. Um, and I was with my mom and it was very special because I was just me and her and it was around my birthday time and I was walking to someone like, I want that. Oh, I want that. Like I wanted everything in the store, like every five-year-old does. And at one point my mom like knelt down, she grabbed my arm and she said, if you don't stop, she was upset. If you don't stop saying that, I'm going to march you out of the store right now. And I froze. And I remember thinking, not consciously though. I have more of the words now, but in that moment, what the imprint was: my wanting makes mom mad, my wanting makes people upset with me, and I really shut it down. Like I really like, you know, it was like no, no, don't want things. But that's crazy because kids want all the things. It's natural for us to be curious. It's natural for us to want and to desire. We're wired that way. But that's just an example of how in my life, I said, oh, I gotta keep a lid on this, I gotta keep this down. I think every one of us has stories of examples of how we were trained to, okay, here's your limit, here's your cap, you can want this much, but don't go beyond that because then you're selfish, then you're bad, then something bad's going to happen. All the made-up things, which are all lies, they're all lies. I believe that, um, that God created, God, God's nature is to give, and God gave fully and completely of itself the moment creation occurred. That's how I think about it. All was given in the onset and forevermore. I am a recipient of the divine. And as I open to receive, I also open to give more. So it's a double blessing in me. So that's another, uh, there's a whole chapter on how to practice that and how to embrace that so that you suffer less. So those are two ideas from my book.
0: Well, it it certainly is evident that it's 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 a must have, you know, and <laughs> and and certainly reflecting within myself and people I've worked through with through all the years with issues that those are strong and 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 you're offering, you know, ways to really eliminate it and to, you know, practice. And um I know for me for for years if somebody would say, "Oh, I love your shirt" or that's a nice jacket or something. I would so downplay it, you know, yeah, just anything to get the attention off of me, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and I, I realized that just exactly what you're saying is that you are showing the universe that you're not comfortable with great things and that you're not comfortable accepting more is coming in on its way. And I changed that to, um, Thank you for noticing, you know, because <laughs> I it really forced me to breathe it in, connect with it, notice it and, and really deal with it. You know, thank you for noticing. Yeah. Um, I, and then, you know, maybe I appreciate that or whatever was, you know, in the moment. And so my little goddaughter, when she was just. I don't know, it was just a few months ago, and she's been around me long enough that they pick up things, you know, and so we were sitting in one of the main rooms of the house, and of herself, she just got up, she went to the restroom, and I said, look at you, you went to the bathroom by yourself, and she said, thank you for noticing, four and a half years old, (laughs) you know, it's so funny, But I'm so glad she's already tuning in to that, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 That is wonderful. That is good. You know, another story I share, that one of my greatest teachers, when I was living in L.A., our next-door neighbor, um, an older woman who lived by herself needed a surgery, and she needed some care. And it was pretty simple, but still, you know, she was older and needed some support. And it was like the neighbors kind of got together and said, hey, would you help out and stuff? And, and, And so created this little game plan. To do this and the whole time she kept apologizing i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i need your help I, the whole, like she and she felt so guilty and i watched that and people would say no 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 don't but you know she just was stuck in this loop and you know i just i it was such a teaching for me that you know to push away help is is painful for everybody you know and what she was missing out on was that she was the catalyst for all of these neighbors to start connecting and know each other. And, you know, we were there helping her, but we hadn't really gotten to know each other. And it was this beautiful experience. And she had such a hard time letting us help. And it was so simple for us to do, you know,
0: mm-hmm. receiving is such a, such an interesting thing. And, um, I'm just so glad you received the message to do this work in the world. I, I really am. Uh-huh. And I uh, applaud you and, you know, what you're doing and what you're teaching. And um, you just know when you're going to keep on keeping on, that's for sure. You know, those of you that are yeah. tuning in, you can go to MarkAnthonyLord.me. Uh, you can keep up with him that way. You can find him through Instagram and and YouTube, and that was at or was it the
1: Mark Anthony?
0: Mark, can you correct that for me? Which one was it for the? Yeah,
1: yeah, just um, both of them. It's just my name, Mark Anthony Lord, on Instagram okay. and on YouTube. Yeah, you can find me under my name. So that's um, easy that's enough. Yeah, and, and
0: you can listen to the talks, and you can also order the book, and and that it sounds like a great book to give a lot of people that you work with or or that you live with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I've actually got. Um, I'm starting a part-time job at a Unity Church here in Douglas, Michigan. June 20th is my first Sunday there, and then the following Sundays, I will be. Um, uh, I will be teaching on my book, "Thou Shall Not Suffer." So, if you want the experience of going through the chapters with me, um, you can also purchase the book and then uh, tune in, and and then you'll get my teachings on each chapter. Uh, which is another way to kind of take a deeper dive into the material.
0: Oh, that's so powerful! Of course, we'll have you here the last Sunday of June for Gay Pride Sunday. Yay!
1: <laughs> I'm excited about that. I'm really honored to to be a part of that with you, for sure.
0: Uh, we're we're excited too, and um, and just thrilled to have you and have your presence with us during that Sunday and it's going to be great. And everyone, you can tune in to us at firstunity.org and learn more. So absolutely. Well, it just gets better and better. And I just, uh, I'm so happy for you that you've settled in your new place. And, uh, in that the truth, anything we say never to, uh, while we're, we're here, (laughs) (laughs) I was never going to be in ministry more than five years. And, they're celebrating 30 for me um, next next month. <laughs> oh, so many blessings to you, my brother. We shall find each, each other couple. soon. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Love and appreciate you. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online
1: Radio. The Voice of an Awakening world Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul.